You might say, I thought that was Philippians. I thought that, I thought that book in the middle of the Bible was Job. I thought that was Job, not Job. <laughs> it's good to be around new Christians, you know, and baby Christians. And, you know, if a church is what a church ought to be, there will always be some baby Christians around. There will be people being born again. And don't ever forget, you know, they've got to grow. They've got to grow, and, and we need to pray for them. We need to encourage them, and, but they need to sit, and they need to hear the Word of God so that they can grow in grace and in knowledge. Well, I'm in Philippians tonight, and uh, one of my favorite books in the Bible. In fact, uh, three years ago, I think, I, I challenged my wife. I said, Honey, let's memorize the book of Philippians. And you, you might say, how in the world could you memorize a whole book in the Bible? Very easy. <laughs> ten verses a month. Ten, just ten verses a month. At the end of a year, you got the book of Philippians memorized. I want to challenge you to do that. And uh, my wife and I, we, we took that. We'd, we'd quiz each other. We'd check each other out, you know, and... We go down the road quoting the book of Philippians, and it'll do something for you. It's a book about joy, the joy of the Lord. And I'm reading tonight out of Philippians chapter 4. And I, I know we did a lot of singing, and I did a lot of testifying, and I know what time it is. And I promise you, you'll not be uh, <clears throat> kept out too late tonight. The pastor told me what time you normally get out, and, and I, I realize that a lot of times I've seen it happen when people go past that accustomed time, a lot of times <laughs> they're done listening. And when they get done listening, you might as well get done preaching, you know. But I, I sure don't want to preach too long. But I want to give you today what God's laid on my heart. I did not intend to preach this message. I had another message in mind almost all day. I had another message in mind. And the name of that message is Birds in the Church birds in the church you know there are a lot of different kinds of birds in the church there are parrots they can only repeat what somebody else says <laughs> they don't really have a, a walk with God themselves they only repeat what somebody else said and then there are peacocks you know all strutting around just full of pride just full of pride and you can almost spot them <laughs> and then in a church there are chickens they're scared to death to witness for the Lord, they're scared to open their mouth and, and tell anybody about Jesus. They're chick I, I, I challenge them to get with the Lord. You know, the Bible says when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they knew they'd been with Jesus. Amen. And then there are buzzards. Would you believe that? There are buzzards in a the church. They're the gossips and the backbiters and those that go around stirring up trouble. They love to feed on dead things and pass it along to somebody else. But thank God there are eagles. I love eagles. I'm telling you, I love bald, the bald eagle. And we've got a lot of them in Iowa. We had one sitting in a tree in our yard in Iowa. And we've seen fields full of them. And thank God for those that, you know, they're just, uh, they're just steadfast. And they're, you know, they, they soar. Eagles soar. And when, you're, when they're soaring, they, they only flap their wings about 10% of the time. And the rest of the time, they're just, they're just uh, gliding on the currents of the wind. And, you know, eagle Christians, 
They've learned how to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. They, they're, they're moving by, by another power. It's not, not human power. They're being moved by the power of God. And I, so I, I kind of thought I'd preach that, but I was looking through my notes and praying. I said, Lord, I want to be sure. And I came across this message, and it's called Staying Up in a World That's Going Down. And I don't have to preach very long about how our world is going down. You can see it. And the Bible predicted it. And evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. It's going to get worse. I'm hoping, I, I pray all the time for America. I pray, oh God, please give us an awakening. Give us a revival. Here's a prayer I pray a lot about America. God, deliver us from these ungodly leaders. Oh, God, please deliver us from these ungodly leaders. Give us some godly leaders. Give us some Christian leaders. Give us some true American leaders. <laughs> By the way, Ron DeSantis was in our church uh, today, and our pastor gave him about five or six minutes to get up and, and say something, and, and several times my wife watched it on her phone, our, our daughter. Did, did she send it to you? Anyway, we watched it, and, and he had some real good things to say, and and some, some controversial things to say on the right, <laughs> on the right side of the issues, you know. And I thank God for a man that's willing to do that and uh, stood up for the heartbeat bill. You know, in Florida, our governor in Iowa uh, stood for the heartbeat bill. When you detect a heartbeat, no abortion after that. I thank God for that. And he stood for that, took a lot of, uh, took a lot of attacks on that. Anyway, he was there today, and then when he sat down, guess what? Our preacher got up and preached the King James Bible to him. And I don't know if he's a saved man. I don't know. I know he mentions the Lord, and he mentioned today, put on, we better put on the whole armor of God. He said that. I don't know if he's saved. You know, he's evidently religious, but I know this. He heard the gospel today from our pastor. I know that. Well, I, I want you to stand with me one more time here. Philippians chapter number 4 and verses 4 through 9. I'd like to read Philippians chapter 4, verse number 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. That word careful simply means full of care. It means worried. Be worried for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever th oh, there went the television out the, out the door. Whatsoever things are pure. <laughs> I'm sorry, Larry, Larry Brown was my pastor. Would you forgive me? Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. Don't forget that. I, I'm coming back to that. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, 
think on these things. God tells us exactly what to think about. Let me ask, are you in control of your mind? Are you in control of your mind or are you letting others control your mind? We need to stay in control of our mind. In fact, we need to let the Holy Spirit of God, we need to get the mind of Christ. Amen. Verse 9, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Father, I pray you'd help me as I preach and help these dear people to listen with spirit-filled ears. Lord, I want to be a spirit-filled preacher. Oh, my God, I don't want to stand up here and try to do anything in my flesh. I don't want to try to do it on my own. Lord, I can't do it. I could get up here and, and say some words and take up some time, and nothing would be accomplished if it's not in the power of the Holy Spirit. But, Lord, people need spirit-filled ears, too. They need to listen and tune in and, and be able to say in their heart, God, speak to me. Speak to me, Lord. And whatever you speak to me about, I will respond. And I pray that in our invitation tonight, there will be some responding to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the direction of the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, I pray. All God's people said, Amen. And continue saying Amen all through the sermon. I appreciate it. Yeah, there's no need to talk about how we're going down. I mean, we are, it's so dark. It is so dark in America right now. And I want to say, there are several preachers in this room tonight. Preachers and pastors, we can't afford to get down. We can, I've seen, have you ever seen a preacher get down? I have. I've, I've known preachers who got down. They got discouraged. And some just quit. And I, we can't afford to get down. Child of God, you can't afford to get down. You know, for one reason, somebody's following you. Somebody's following you. There's a man in the Bible, and I've never heard anybody preach a message on this that I know of, but there's a man back in Isaiah, and his name was Eliakim. And uh, Jerusalem needed a new governor, something like a mayor. And God let Isaiah know that he was going to put this man Eliakim in that position as a ruler there in Jerusalem. And uh, here's what God said about Eliakim. I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place. He's going to be like a nail in a sure place, and they shall hang upon him all the glory of their father's house. He said, I'm going to make this man like a nail. And he said, people will hang some precious things on him. And I want to remind you tonight, my friend, somebody's hanging on you. Somebody's depending on you. I heard a message in a, in a preacher's fellowship, and I've never been able to get away from the question that I heard in this message. The man got up. It was Brother J.R. McDonald. You know him from Oklahoma. And I don't think, I don't know, I can't remember if he even raised his voice. But he preached this message, and it hit me right in the heart. I've never been able to get away from the question that he asked. He was talking about Elijah and Elisha. And just before Elijah went up to heaven in a chariot of fire, Elijah said to his assistant, Elisha, he said, I'll give you one last request. Make a request before I go. And you know what Elisha said? Elisha said, I want a double portion of thy spirit. 
I want a double portion of thy spirit. And Elijah said, you've asked a hard thing, but if you see me when I go up, it'll be granted to you. The Bible says that old chariot of fire came and, and Elisha saw it and then it came floating down that mantle of Elijah and he picked it up and he went back to that Jordan and he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And he smoked the water and it parted. You know that story. But here's something you may never thought about in that story and I had never really thought about it. That Elisha did not say, I want a double portion of the Holy Spirit. He said, Elijah, I want a double portion of your spirit. I want a double portion of your spirit. And then this man asked this simple question. He said, does anybody want to be like you? Does anybody want to be like you? Boy, that hit me, Brother Han. I got, my kids are all grown, but, you know, they still call me and they still ask advice once in a while, but now I've got 14 grandkids coming up. And, you know, they're, they're making up their mind, do I want to be like Papa? Do I want to follow God? Oh, last night, what a blessing we got. Last night, we got to be in Brother Josh Hahn's church. And Brother Ron, his dad, got up and he preached. All four sons preached. And you know what? You know what was written all over that service was those four sons, they wanted to be like their dad. And they wanted to serve the God of their dad. And they are. <laughs> they are. Praise God, they are. That service did me a lot of good. And I thank God for it. But my friend, does anybody want to be like you? You might be surprised how many people are following you. How many people really do want to be like you? And, and you've got an influence and we cannot afford to get down. We can't afford to get discouraged and just, I'm telling you, discouragement is a tool of the devil. It may be his greatest tool to just discourage people and get them down. And so I'm going to jump right into this. If you want to stay up in a world that's going down, number one, don't miss it. Don't, this could be number one, two, three, four. Don't miss it. Meet with God in the morning. Start your day with God. If you want to stay up in a world that's going down, hear me, my friend. You might say, I'm not a morning person. I read my Bible at night and I pray at night. I do too. And I'm not a morning person. If you ever looked at a man that's not a morning person, I'm not a morning person. I'm a night owl. Sometimes at midnight, I'm just getting going. I, I tell you, I, I'm a night owl, but I, I, I learned this. I know this. I've got to get up early. I've got to get up early enough, not, not as early as him. I heard his Sunday school lesson today. Brought me under conviction. You get up at 5 o'clock. He meets with God at 5 o'clock, but he goes to bed at 9 o'clock at night. I'm just, I don't know about <laughs> Older people do that, but... <laughs> Five o'clock in the morning, this man is meeting with God. Could I tell you, my friend, this, this is no accident. This is no accident. A crowd like this on a Sunday night when a lot of churches are not even having a church service on Sunday night. And here you are, this, this crowd, and a thousand children looked like him across there went out. 
What a congregation. What a work. There's just a good spirit here. There's just a wonderful spirit here. It's so easy to preach. My, my little wife, I appreciate her so much. I'm, this might help you, Brother Han. I don't know. But my wife never compliments my messages. Does yours? She never does. But I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. I got to thinking about that. What, when, when I do bomb out, what would she say then? She's honest. You know, when I lay an egg and she couldn't say anything, then I'd feel bad because she didn't say anything. I'm glad that she does not compliment my messages. And it may be there's just nothing to compliment. But, but you know, the closest she'll come today is sometimes she'll look at me and she said, you had liberty, didn't you? <laughs> You had liberty. And, and I'll tell you, this morning I had so much liberty. I mean, I could have preached all day, but you wouldn't have listened. But I, I had a good time preaching. I had a good time singing. I got a little bit worried on, on that uh, it'll all be over but the shouting. I didn't see as many smiles as I thought I would see. I hope I, hope I didn't get, go too far, uh, too far into southern gospel for you there. <laughs> but <laughs> meet with God in the morning. If there's one thing, my wife would tell you, if there's a message I preach more than Jesus is the answer, it's meet with God in the morning. I preached it all over the place. Meet with God. You know, God did a lot of things in the morning. In the Bible, he fed his people in the morning in the book of Exodus. The manna came in the morning. God spoke from Mount Sinai. Check it out. He was in the morning. And God met with Moses. Moses said, Lord, show me thy glory. He said, all right, in the morning, come up here on the mountain. God wanted a sacrifice in the morning. God uh, wanted in <clears throat> incense. He said, burn incense in the morning. All these things, and that, that represents praise. And the pastor hit it in Sunday school. Start your prayers with praise. Start your prayers worshiping God praising the Lord, rejoicing in the Lord. There are about seven or eight things every morning of my life I thank God for. Number one, my salvation. Lord, thank you for saving my soul. And then number two, I thank God for my wife. I thank God for my wife. Number two, some of you might say, I don't think I'd put my wife number two. After salvation, my wife number two, I, I mean it with all my heart. Brother Han, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be standing here if it wasn't for my wife. You know, a lot, of, a lot of wives have put their husbands out of the ministry. And I know a lot of husbands have messed up on their wives too. I know that. But, but you know, a man, can, a man can only go as far, really, as his wife will go with him. I, I believe that's true. And I thank God for my wife. Then I thank God for my children and my grandchildren. That takes a while. Say a little prayer for all of them. I thank God we still live in a land of freedom. I thank God for my church, my pastor. Thank God for good health. What a blessing to have good health. Every day I start my day, thank the Lord, thank you, Lord. And when you do that, the presence of God will come into your prayer closet. And then that's when prayer is wonderful. Meet with God in the morning. Oh, there's so, some of the greatest men of God. If you ever read about Robert Murray McShane, what a mighty man of God. He said, I ought to pray before seeing anyone. He said, I can do no good to those who come to seek help from me if I haven't met with God. 
He said, I need to see his face first. I need to get my soul near him before I get near another. Boy, that's some good marriage counsel right there. It is. You get, get with the Lord Jesus, spend some time with him, it'll take the grouchiness out of you. It'll put a sweetness in your soul. And, and husbands and wives need that. Another man, a great man named E.M. Bounds said, The men who have done the most for God have been early on their knees. He who fritters away or wastes away the early morning with its opportunities and its freshness will make poor headway seeking him the rest of the day. How many times have you thought, well, I'm going to pray later. I'm going to read my Bible later. I got this to do right now. You better put God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And, and you can do that in a practical way by get up in the morning and meet with God. You'll always be glad you did. George Mueller said, the first great and primary business of which I ought to attend every day is to have my soul happy in the Lord. <laughs> oh, there's something about the joy of the Lord. I mean, it's a great it's a great witness, the joy of the Lord. Matthew Henry said, he said, if I don't meet with God, he said, I need the, I need to, the most need of God in, the, in morning prayer. We have the most need of morning prayer. I'll get it right in a minute. He said, considering the dangers and the temptations of the day which lie before us. You know, the devil has snares. He's got snares. I've seen too many people get caught in those snares. I've seen people dear to me get caught in those snares. You know what the Lord can do? He can keep you out of those snares. If you'll put him first, if you'll seek him in the morning, he can keep you out of those snares. I've got to move on today, but that's a good one, my friend. If you didn't get anything else, meet with God in the morning. Start in the morning. Some of you say, I already do it, brother. Well, keep it up. Keep it up. But if you're not doing it, you, you get up and try it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that meeting with God in the morning, there's nothing like it. Number two, if you want to stay up in a world that's going down, don't live in the land of bad news. Don't live in the land of bad news. It's everywhere. America is news crazy. I'm old enough to remember when the only news you got was a, the, the 5 o'clock news, or the evening news with Walter Cronkite. And he'd come on for a half an hour maybe and give you the news say, well, that's it. <laughs> and today it's news all day, 24 hours a day. I've been in hospitals. I've been in hospitals in, in the middle of the night and the news is on. And it's all bad. And some catastrophes happen, and they just keep showing the same scene over and over. It's enough to drive somebody crazy. And I think it has driven a lot of people crazy. And you might say today, Brother Epley, I need to be informed. I, I agree, I agree. But you can be so informed, you're deformed. <laughs> what, did we, what did we read back here? Whatsoever things are true. That lets out a whole lot of news right there, fake news. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. Good report. Good report. Don't spend so much time 
dwelling on these bad reports out there. You know, my wife, she's got the iPhone. I don't have, I've got, I've got a flip phone. <laughs> That's all I want. She's got the smartphone. She can bring up news, you know, conservative news. She can run down the headlines in five minutes. And, uh, you know, give me the highlights, and I might say, well, I, I want to know a little bit more about that. I'm not saying don't be informed, but my friend, I, I remember preaching this in the church, and a man walked up to me. And I'm, I'm telling you, his face, his face was about like this almost all the time. Just looked like a monk in a monastery. And he walked up to me, and he said, I live in the land of bad news. I said, no kidding. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> and hopefully God helped that man. Hopefully the light came on and that man said, I'm tired of this. I'm going to get in the good news. Amen. I'm going to get in the word of God. What's wrong with uh, reading your Bible, reading a spiritual book, uh, reading, you know, the sword of the Lord or revival fires and reading a message every day and, and just uh, dwelling on the good things of God. Don't live in the land of bad news. Now, here's another one, my friend. If you want to stay up in a world that's going down, choose cheerful companions. <laughs> Watch out who you hang around with. Watch out who you allow to influence you. Now, my friend, our business is to go out and influence the world for Jesus Christ. We have to rub elbows with the world. We have to go where they are and tell them about the Lord and I'm not saying we're too good uh, to go out to, to anybody. But my friend, you've got to be careful who you choose to be your close friends and who you spend time with, who you listen to. I remember Brother Brown saying one time that a woman came to him for counsel. And she said, I'm depressed. And Brother Brown looked at her and he said, uh, have you been talking about me? <laughs> she said, how did you know? He said, I've seen where your car has been parked. I've seen where your car has been parked. Her, she was spending time with the church gossip, the church troublemaker, the church backbiter. And you say, who is that? I don't know who it is. I'm an evangelist. You probably know, but I don't know. <laughs> but whoever you are, you ought to get right with God. Because I'm telling you, backbiting and gossip and all spreading this bad news and trying to turn somebody against somebody else, that is the devil's business as much as abortion, as much as, as adultery. It's the devil's business. And you better get out of it. Get your heart right with God. Spend time with, with cheerful people, positive people. I remember I heard this, and I never forgot it. Brother Doug Fisher, you know him? He was telling about being somewhere on vacation, I think, and he, he said, I walked out on a wharf where these men were fishing, and he said there were these men, and they, they, they were just dropping lines down in the water and pulling up crabs. And he said they'd take that crab and they'd throw it in a bucket. And, and Brother Doug Fisher said, I noticed they didn't put anything over the bucket. And I said to him, Men, you forgot to put something over that bucket. They looked at him like, duh. Don't you know that when one of those crabs tries to crawl out, the other ones reach up and pull him back down? 
You know, there are people like that. There are people who delight in pulling somebody else down. Don't hang around with them. <laughs> Don't hang around. Don't let them. The Bible says, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise. I don't think the Lord would mind one bit if he was standing here tonight. If I said to you, he that walketh with happy men is more likely to be happy. And women, <laughs> for you ladies. He that walketh with spiritual men, more likely to be spiritual. He that walketh with negative people, you're more likely to be negative. Avoid backbiters, my friend. Avoid them like you avoid Ebola. I got one more tonight. If you want to stay up in a world that's going down, you need to listen to the right kind of music. Listen to music that will build you up, that will feed your soul. I got saved at 15, and I was a rock music fan. I really was. I, I hate to say it, but I loved Creedence Clearwater Revival. May the Lord have mercy on me. But I even liked the Beatles. And I just, I, I liked that rock music, and I got saved, and some things changed right away. I thank God for that. I became a new creature but I kept on listening to that old rock music for a while. And after a while, God convicted me. I was a teenager. God convicted me, and I said, all right, no more rock music. I'm going to listen to country. <laughs> Could I say something to you tonight, my friend? Country music is of the devil. <laughs> I know some of you listen to it. I know you do. But I tell you what, you're killing yourself. Country music, it'll make you love the world. It'll draw you to the world. It really will. I want you to turn to one, one last verse here over in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, one of the most powerful verses in the Bible about music is in 1 Samuel chapter 16. King Saul had gotten so far away from God in a miserable condition that an evil spirit was coming upon him. Sometimes he would take his javelin, his spear, and throw it at somebody in a fit of rage. And his servants got together and they said, we've got to do something to help the king. He's out of his mind. And somebody made a suggestion. They said, let's find somebody. This is in uh, chapter 16 of 1 Samuel. In verse 16, they said, let's find somebody who's a cunning player on a harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee, they're talking to Saul, that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. And Saul said, all right, go, go find a man. You know who they found? David. <laughs> this is before David and Goliath. They found David and David came in and played his harp. And when Saul would get in that evil mood that he was in, that, that terrible mood, that terrible fit of temper, David would begin to play on that harp. And you know if it was David, the man after God's own heart, it was something spiritual. It was something about God. Look down at verse number 23. And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took an harp and played with his hand. 
So Saul was refreshed and was well. And the evil spirit departed from him. The power of music. God's music. It can drive away evil spirits. It can, it can change your mood. It can refresh you. My friend, listen to music that glorifies God. This contemporary stuff where they just take rock music and, and put some words about Jesus in there, it's going to hurt you. That rock music beat is of the devil. It's of the devil. The beat itself is deadly. It does something to your body. The beat of rock music. And you sure don't need that. Listen to godly music. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I thank you for, again, I had liberty to preach. I enjoyed preaching tonight. And Lord, just threw out some ideas to these dear people to help them stay up in a world that's going down. Lord, I pray you'd help them to acknowledge tonight how easy it is to begin to look at negative things and get negative and, and begin to slide down and even come to a place of depression and discouragement. Lord, deliver us from that. You've given us enough Bible to keep us out of that, that pit, that dark pit of depression. And Lord, help us to heed your word. Help us to make some decisions tonight. My life's going to be different. I'm going to stay up. Those following me, those watching me, those I influence, they need to see me walking with the Lord. They need to see Jesus in me. They need to see the joy of the Lord in my life every day. And Lord, I pray some decisions would make, some commitments, commitments would be made tonight to get up in the morning and meet with God. And to be careful about the news they allow themselves to saturate themselves with. And to be careful about who they spend time with. And be careful about the music. Lord, I pray tonight you'd give some great victory tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. And the pastor is going to come and take the invitation. Thank you for listening and being a blessing to me.